This podcast today is presented by Anchor. Anchor is a free app that allows you to record, edit, and share your podcast to your audience on your phone, tablet, or computer. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Sports Bible Podcast. It is my pleasure to be presenting this episode with you from a different location. You guys can't see it yet, but I am joined here by Rob. How are we doing, Rob? How are we doing, Richard? Uh, you know, um, we were planning on getting this on visual this week, but someone's house almost burnt down. So, <laughs> Yeah, you guys could probably hear on the spaces we did the other night. It was really funny. I'll leave a link. I'll leave the link. <laughs> Um, just the minute that it happened, I, um, what do you call it? What did I do? Oh, we were doing the Twitter spaces after the Bulls Nets game. And you hear me say like, oh, my, my, um, my like room smells real. Like my spare room, my storage room, wherever I was. And I turned out a pillow was on fire. So, um, <laughs> thankfully my house is in one piece, but for now I am in my room to record this, but you know, gotta grind you know you gotta get these out for you every week so you guys have your weekly nba content and this week we got baseball content too yep. so yeah that was a it was a very interesting night that night it was like one in the morning i'm like oh i gotta mm-hmm. get this outside so me and my dad just stayed up all night fixing it and you know next week we got we got exciting content coming your way we got our all-star reserves coming next week but this yes, week, there's a lot of information that we have to get to. And uh, so how are we doing, Rob? Pretty chill, man. I mean, I still haven't uh, just been writing up a storm. I still haven't recovered from the RJ buzzer beater last week when I we were on the pod. Oh, and I said... Was, I didn't I'm watch t- that game. But speaking of that, I think this is the first episode we've done since I've seen Spider-Man. Yep, because you went to Spider-Man and I was texting you has yeah. blown the lead, which is very predictable. But then we got our revenge on Saturday, and we've looked like a bit of a different well, team since then, since eBay's finally made adjustments. I told you off camera or off um, recording that if you guys would have lost that game on Saturday, I'd be very worried. Like, I was not expecting the Knicks to win that game just because of the, the nature and how they won the first game. Having to travel to Boston without Fournier, who actually played really well against Boston, Oh, Seems like he yeah. just hates the Celtics and everyone else. <laughs> like whatever. Twenty percent of his points this year are against the Seas, and that's wild. They, they've only played three times, right? And he only played in two of those games. No way. Yeah, four three. times they played. He was the first game in Boston a month ago. I think it was yeah, sometime in December. I was in he, Baltimore when they yeah, played. Um, he was great then. Besides Kemba, and you said it to me yourself you were like i'd question their pride i mean people already were deservingly so and i mean you couldn't just lose back to back to them and we had to make that blowout statement and the first half was close but then we came out in the third quarter and marcus smart was the leader we were looking for we set the tone josh richardson did his job again but yeah i mean i'm a happy fan i mean we got the rival sixers who have also been red hot and Embiid tonight got tip off in about an hour so hopefully we can continue it. I'm a little nervous. 
Yeah, you guys will see this on Saturday, so that game will be final by then. But to um, branch off of what Rob is saying about the Celtics, there's like a I saw like a weird thing on Twitter. It's like if you guys just wouldn't have broken our hearts twice, like two bad losses, they would be like, all right, we've won five out of seven. Or what? I, I don't even. I, yeah, lost I, two I, games like in the last like week or two. That was um, it was the Nick game. It was what's his name, Dan Greenberg from Barstool. It yeah. was the, it was the Nick game and the Spurs game, the back to back. When, like I said on the pod last week, the missed layup by Brown, and clearly he's continued to take off and improve and improve and improve since then, and just showed dominance. And I think he said he was like, "Yeah, all you had to do was just win the correct way and close those two out, and it would have been a nice January for us." And as we predicted, like we Boston had an easy schedule coming into January, and yeah, also. To what we were just saying, it's like, and the narratives everywhere before this three-game win streak, Tatum and Brown, Tatum and Brown, do they fit? I mean, everything seemed to be on the table, deservingly so. It's just, we see how dominant Jalen Brown's been when he's been on the floor this year. You could say he's just right there next to Tatum, like, performance-wise. But yeah, it's, it's you know, it's Boston. It's the standard, especially how last year was. Northeast, Northeast sports. They yeah, just, and they're, it's like they're, New York. They're, um, uh, they overreact over everything. Yeah, and it's it's just like New York. No Red Sox as of right now. So, like, we're just banking on this team, depending on how the Pats go tomorrow. And it's just, you know, the past three, they made a statement against the Knicks. Not really a statement. They had to win. They won the next two. You know, they. I thought they were going to blow it to Indiana at home. I was had one of those games where I just had, the, you know, the praying next to my face. And mm. I uh, wrote a story about Josh Richardson. That was the last thing I wrote. I'm right, one about Jalen right now. And basically a timeline of his career and the person and player he is. And I, yeah, they came up clutch. Tatum bailed them out again, just like against the Nick game. They won in overtime. Robert Williams continued to show his dominance, who I was going to bring up this pod. He's just awesome this year. He's going to continue to evolve. And like I've said, he might be the third best player. He's 9-9. I think he's third in the league in blocks. And his activity everywhere. It's just like his passing. He's the anchor on defense. He could handle the ball even. Like his passing is so underrated. And I said it so much coming into the season. And I knew Horford would help that with his development as well. His ability to block shots. He gets steals a lot. And people don't realize how like everything he does besides, you know, just be around the rim and catch lops. It's on both ends. He's just everywhere activity wise. And Boston's last three, 106 points per game or 40 from three. And that was something that needed to improve. And I wrote... The story, how I wrote about Jay Rich, was how he, you know, stated it himself post game in Boston against after the game against the Knicks. He said, "You know, I could be a bit of a floor spacer for these guys down the stretch. That's what we need." He's proven he could do it with his experience. Pretty sure um, before the Indiana game, the third game they won in a row in Indiana, I expected it to be close. I didn't think it'd be a laugher. The Jays, you know. Has they proven their maturity and like you know how impressed I am with their growth at the age they are? They see this noise, and Tatum said it. Like they are best friends, one of each other's best friends. Little do people know, and they're there for each other to help each other grow. They're going to do whatever they can to turn this thing around. We hadn't, and 
Kendrick Perkins, all of them. They want to see, like we just saw you, uh, after the game against the Knicks, he kind of threw Shane and Tatum a little bit. He wants to see them both dominate together, and that's what we saw in Indiana. I was going to say about Jay Rich before the Indiana game out in Indianapolis. That's what Jay Rich was shooting 50 from three, and he still he, he had a quiet game that game, but Schroeder stepped up big time as a third option. Besides the Jays each having 30 pieces, that's why those analysts were questioning it is because, yeah, we've seen them both dominate and do that. Like last year, a lot, even though they had a disappointing season as a team, but it's like we haven't seen it in a while this season. And we know what they're capable of as a duo. And we want to see that two-man game. You know, and even with this rumor and the noise about them two, it's like every analyst knows it. Jalen Rose, he said it himself. If they broke him up, that'd be one of the stupidest things in the history of the Boston Celtics with how young they are. Obviously, how tremendous they are again at such a young age. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said it himself. It's not a plan of Boston's whatsoever. The Athletic reported it. Brad Stevens said time and time again, they're open to trading anyone else besides those two. And it's like, it's about improving this roster around them. And like I said about Rob Williams, they look at him as a piece like that too, not at their caliber, but the way he's forever evolving. And it's like, that's the goal. It's just to build a roster around them. Like I said, coming into the year, this was a likable team so much better than last year. They shouldn't be this bad. And, you know, hopefully they continue to gain momentum as we get into the end of January. But it's like, like I said, tonight's a tough game. But Jalen Rose said it himself. You can use a, a guard to calm them down. Me and you talked about it. Marcus Smart, he is a very good, impressive playmaker. And on defense... We know who he is, but it's like he's not the answer at point guard. And we know he's could just be a role player at times on offense and very inconsistent. But yeah, 40% from three these past three games as a team. Uh, Tatum over the stretch, 25, seven boards. Jalen, uh, 27, 10 boards, six assists. 51 from the field, 57 from three. Brown this month, I put it on my Instagram story yesterday. 29 points per game, nine boards, four assists. Shooting 53 from the field, almost 49 from the outside. And he's just proven like how close he is to Tatum. And what did I say to you a couple pods ago? I was like, he might be generational. He proves you know, so much how his game is so similar to Tracy McGrady's and there's nothing that they can't do on the floor. And as all these analysts are saying any front office or ownership, these two builds are what teams desire the most two way wings that have no holes in their game and evolve to make those around them better. And that's what the Jays are doing right now. And yeah, Brad, the trade deadline's February 10th. Brad Stevens is going to look to make moves. And, yeah, this is a big game tonight. Huge back-to-back at Philly. Home tomorrow, back in Boston against Chicago. And then they got another homestand. I believe it's New Orleans on Martin Luther King Day, early Monday. Um, Who's the Wednesday game? Yeah, they got New Orleans, and they got Charlotte, and they got Portland. Yeah, I was going to say, I know Portland's Friday. And then, yeah, the Charlotte game's on ESPN. It's a big stretch. It's like, let's just take this one game at a time. And we're finally at 500. You could say the same thing about your Knicks. Yeah. And obviously, it was 
the Spurs, they got the win, but like they've been facing some adversity themselves with their star player and take it away. I know you want to talk about that. Let's do it. I was going to say, I was going to say what he said for everything he said about the Celtics. No, I'm yapping. Um, I'm yapping about the Celtics. And as you can tell, it's it's a rant, you know, you just got to let it out. The amount of times that I've done that, I don't do that for the Knicks that much because I kind of, I'm kind of even keel with the Knicks. I kind of like understand who they are, but I'm going to rant a little bit about them. Not necessarily them, but they're overreacting fans. I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Real, but, re- real quick though, th- real quick. I just wanted to fit this, and this is like therapy for us. And yeah, yeah, our teams are in the same boat, but it's more embarrassing for us because these two perennial all stars and the way, like you said, the standard and the expectation. But yeah, take it away. I um yeah, some people watch sports like as therapy and like just a way to like relax their mind. You're a diehard sports fan. It is nothing but relaxing. Yeah. Maybe the first couple of minutes when the game's getting into flow, especially in basketball. But you are stressed from tip-off to the last buzzer. And in baseball, first pitch to the last pitch. Football, you, got, you, kick you off. catch my drift. Yeah, yeah. kickoff. Well, for me, there's no more kickoffs anymore, you know. <laughs> Cleveland, uh, on to next year. Anyway, um, but your point with the Celtics, the point I have, first off, with Rob Williams, I didn't realize he's only 6'9". And yep. that's, that's like, crazy because that's, like, not a modern-day, like, build for a center. Like, usually, like, centers, like, back then were, like, 6'9", but, like, bulky and, like, just aggressive and physical. He like, came Charles out. Barkley. Like, yeah, Charles, he... like, Charles Barkley. Like, Charles Barkley, he wasn't a center, but, like, that style of play is what I'm talking about. And it's, yeah, he came out as 6'10", and then when they came out with people's real heights a year or two ago, he was 6'9", 6'8", and it's he, just... He, he was wearing lifts. Yeah, it's just he's bulked up and he just jumps out the gym, as we've seen with his main way of scoring. The point with the Celtics that I just – I don't understand with the whole, like, get rid of the Jays. Not get rid of both of them, obviously, but you're not a better team if you trade one of them. So, like – and I, I don't I don't understand, oh, they can't play well together. Well, you know what? Make it work. Yeah. You don't and- trade away that type of talent. Like, unless they want out, like, make it work, you know? Jay, yeah, Jason said so himself. Like, there's not many players in the league like JB. And mm-hmm. if you really think about it, it's true. He's like a top 20, 25 he's like guy now. Yeah, he's, he's top not 20, better. 25. And it's like, who's on the market that you're going to get that's going to help your team that's better? Bradley Beal, he's proven he's better than Beal. If not, they're about the same. Ben Simmons, no thanks. I would take him as a third, but, like, Damian Lillard, yeah, him and Tatum would be sick, but like that doesn't make you a better team as we're seeing. We're going to talk about him later, but as we're seeing with how his team is, it's just like nothing's going to help you. We have a front court now. Horford isn't consistent on offense. He's been invisible there a little bit lately, but it's like he holds it down on defense. And again, Rob Williams, and this is Josh Richardson also said that after the Nick game. It's about. You know, this is growing pains. They don't have a, a Kyrie to lead them and have their back. They're still young. They, I mean, Kemba didn't work out, but he was that guy too. Isaiah Thomas for Jalen a little bit, his rookie, yeah, rookie year. But it's like, yeah, this is this is part of the growth. Rob's only getting better. And, yeah, it's like no one's 
on the market that's going to make you a better team if you were to trade Jalen Brown. And again, he's proven he's right there with Jason. He really is. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand. Like, unless you're getting back two stars or two, like, like unless you're getting back Sabonis, Turner, and Levert, which that's not going to happen. Like, you'd probably have to give up a Marcus Smart, although I think I'd probably do that deal. But anyway, um, you, like, you're not going to get true value back to make your team better by trading Brown or Tatum. And I think that some, like, that's a whole thing where, like, a lot of guys, like, oh, like, get rid of him. All right, fine. Replace him then. Like, yep. if you can't sign, find someone better, then don't try to get better. Like, you worry about that when you can get someone better. And the kids the too. got better, by the way. Yes, sir. Saying? No, it's just what I said before. Like, just kids growing. And yeah. they're becoming leaders. And, yes, they did. The Knicks did get better. Yeah, they, they, they found someone better than Kevin Knox, which I'm not going to be rude. But, um, <laughs> um, no, Cam Reddish for Kevin Knox and a protected first-round pick. I think the Knicks got a second-round pick. Yeah, the Knicks got a second-round pick as well back. But second-round picks in basketball, you really got to find. Like, there's only a couple of, like, Nikola Jokic's. And even, like, the, he, I think Nikola Jokic was the second – second second round pick to win MVP. The first second round pick to win MVP was when there was 10 teams in the league and he was mm-hmm. the 11th pick. I think I think it was Willis Reed. Let me fact check myself. I'm pretty sure oh, Willis wait. Reed was there was also pick. there was no market for reddish clearly as it is too. It's like I saw the Lakers offer two second rounders for him and you do have, you know, no, not to cut you off or like get into it too much, but real like you do have oh, wow. people like from the athletics saying, Oh, maybe Atlanta gave up on him and it, which isn't smart. Hey, he's only 22 and he's proven with, you know, Trey off the court and them and their COVID issues. Not only is he a two way guy, which Thibodeau loves and he's only growing and now he has his Duke teammate with him, but it's like, he can shoot it from the outside. He's proven that. Like, he's had games with – I think he had one with eight threes this year or more. Yeah, but, he's proven when he gets playing time, he can play. Was it Willis Reed? It's one – there's one article that says he's the first Jokic that is, and there's one that says he's the second. But I'm pretty sure he's the second one, but it's maybe because of, like, the amount of players, um, the amount of teams that are in the league. That's probably what they're referencing to. But regardless, it doesn't happen that often. Not that yeah. the second round picture. That, and that was kind of we just went on a whole. I'm 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 looking up these stats on a useless pick because the uh, important thing to know is that Cam Reddish is a Nick. I'm not gonna overreact in the fact I don't expect him to be a star. Like I think Barris better than him if they both get equal minutes. But a lot of like scouting people and the way people are phrasing Reddish is easy scoring, long, athletic, and that's good for the Knicks because. That's what they thought Kevin Knox was. Easy scorer, long, athletic. Yeah. And, and like, your point about being a two-way player is important with Tibbs. He showed it. In, I mean, that yeah, that is what they thought they had in Knox. He showed it in Summer League. People thought he could have been something special. But, obviously, it didn't work out. That first that they gave up to Atlanta is worthless. I'm pretty sure it's another team's. It's I want to 
Yes, I was going to say. I think it's Charlotte's. And it's like they're not trying to draft. Clearly, they're trying to improve from last year and add players. And obviously, they're looking for a superstar. And that could be another Duke teammate who floor. And we've talked about his weight issues in the past and, you know, his durability. I want and, nothing to do with him. I want it's, nothing to do with that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's like, it's not even, it doesn't have to be him. It's just that's a good example is like they're going to be in the those two him and Barrett are only growing obviously we've talked about Randall a million times I'm sure we're about to get into him and it's like you're looking for a third star those are two great young pieces that are going to help your team improve and whether he comes off the bench or not I did see on Twitter he might be out a little bit with that ankle issue they did yeah, play him said he's out for a while so he won't he's probably not he's definitely not playing on on Saturday yeah, I was just going to say they play Atlanta the first game. That's a shame. That would have been cool. But, yeah, um, he's a good young piece, and he's only 22. Sometimes it takes time, as people know. Like, look at Jalen Brown, for example. When Kyrie and Gordon Hayward came back in year three, he, him and Tatum kind of took a back seat when we thought, hey, maybe they'll average like 20 or close to it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't it's not that easy. And Atlanta also had – a plethora of wings, Herter, Bogdanovich, uh, Collins. I mean, Reddish showed season. That was his biggest thing. DeAndre Hunter, who's been on and off the floor. I'm sure when he's healthy, his opportunity will be there more now. But it's like they were clogged at the wing spot. This is a good, uh, what's it called, opportunity. Absolutely. Especially that, um, like you were saying, um, was gonna say. Like he's not gonna be he's going to get more minutes. And I think that's important to note with Atlanta is there have been a lot of like issues there and dating back to last year, but it got covered up because they were winning and they beat the Knicks and the Sixers in the playoffs. But John Collins last year brought up like how he wanted the team to play team basketball. Like he didn't mm-hmm. want it to be the Trey show. As good as Trey Young is the best teams in the league share the ball. And now John Collins is frustrated again. So is it a John Collins thing or is it a Hawks thing? Because we've seen when John Collins spoke up last year, it worked for the better. So this internal issue with Atlanta, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's Trey Young. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the front office. Like it could be anything, but it seems like something toxic is going on around there. I don't know exactly what it is. Yep. I just think I had very high expectations for them because I thought I picked them as my one seed. I think and that's not going to happen unless they like really, no, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but I think like, I just read there's more to come for Atlanta. Like everyone, but Trey Young and Clint Capella are available. Like you you guys were just in the Eastern conference finals last year. Why are you trying to do this? Like, why are you, why don't you try to add? Like Kevin Knox isn't going to be in their rotation. They're 17 and 23. They play Miami tonight, who we didn't get to our predictions yet. They're going to get killed. Yeah, that's a very tough matchup. Miami's Miami, hot, and they don't even have Jimmy. Yeah, and no matter who they put out there, and Bam's coming back soon, so they'll be fine. But Yeah, Monday I saw. They just – that's a culture. Like, Miami's culture. Atlanta doesn't seem to have that. And even the Knicks, like – all the talk that the Knicks struggles, they've seemed to like right the ship a little bit and they've 
they've stayed consistent, like, through, like, all, like, COVID issues. And you never hear a bad thing about the locker room. And there's one thing, I guess, off the court for the Knicks with Julius Randle. But I don't even count that because, like, that's more of, like, a frustration thing. It happened to my baseball team, too. Yep. With Lindor and Baez. Mm-hmm. So I don't really that, – that's not, like, a locker room issue. Like, that's not, like – Although there might be a little changing of the guard in the Knicks for the who's the leading scorer, but I'm not going <laughs> to say names because as soon as I say a name, they're going to go into a tank and never play well again. But um, to, with Reddish, at least, like, why not take a shot? At worst, if he is awful, he's the same thing Kevin Knox was for you. Not saying Kevin Knox is awful. He would not be that bad. Definitely not. He's I'm trying to be choke. nice. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm trying <laughs> he would to be not nice. Be that. He would, the opportunity is going to be there for him regardless. Like He'll still yeah. get the good rotation minutes, but I see what you're saying. Apparently, he went to front office and said, like, if you guys can't get me minutes, then mm-hmm. like, get me somewhere I'm going to get minutes. And that's fair to him. He's 22, and he's like stuck. Yeah. And like his injuries haven't helped, which – We've talked about Zion and his injuries, and that's why I really don't want anything to do with him. And I know it's a dream for the, the big three from Duke. All right, it's college. Like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the big boys now. But it's a new opportunity for Reddish, and it's a very low-risk move. I, I'm not gonna, I don't think he's going to become a superstar, but if he becomes a really solid player, you might have gotten something. You might, you might have gotten, like, a pretty good player that can really help you and be a really big rotational piece. I don't know if he'll start um, just because of, like, where's he going to play? They're not going to play him over Fournier, at least right away. And they're not going to play him over Barrett because of, like, the draft pick. And, yeah, so if he's the sixth man and he's coming off the bench with Quick and Burks when Kemba gets back eventually, Noel, Toppin, like, that's a pretty formidable bench. You also got the rookie Grimes, who I'm happy they didn't trade because he was talked about being in the trade over Knox. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised Atlanta didn't want Grimes over Knox. But, you know, that's their problem now. Yeah, and they did. I did hear that. I was actually listening to Carton and Roberts, and they said they wanted Grimes. They were able to do it without it. And, yeah, like you say, you take that chance. 10 times out of 10, especially when you yeah. give up as little as they did. And another thing, too, is about Zion, which is, you know, why he may not be the permanent chase that they want, is like we've seen what he could do at full health when his durability is there, when he's dedicated. You know, maybe he, we saw his interview last year in the post game. Um, where he praised the garden in New York and how he said it's his favorite place. Maybe he just doesn't like the organization and maybe like he just wants to get his way out. But I'm pretty sure Evan Roberts said something about comparing him to Greg Oden. Like if he doesn't play another game this season, which is, I think I'm quoting him here, which is a very high chance. Like he would have played close to maybe the same amount as Greg Oden, I believe Mm -hmm. the games, but it's like, yeah, you take this chance on Reddish. And, yeah, it, very well done. Travis Schlenk is the uh, Atlanta GM. They had a good conversation, I saw, and that's how it went down. He was honest. He said, hey, like, I'm poised to be better, and can we find a good home for me? And, like I said, their plethora of 
guards or two-way wings. And it's like, you do this trade if you're the Knicks, and I would not worry about Randall if I was you at all. Yeah, it's annoying for you because you went through it with Baez, through it with Lindor. But it's like... No, I, 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 I kind of... I back Randall, and I'm going to get to that when you're, um, when you're done. Yeah, and like, so it's, yeah, it's frustrating when that happens in the Spurs game, but it's New York. Hear it if you don't perform. That was Things a happen. Game. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He I got booed def- in the Spurs game because he only had two points, but they won. I was, I was like, just referring to the Spurs game, but yeah, the thumbs yeah. down compared to the Mets. Yeah, that just happens. And he apologized. Like, he loves New yeah. York and he's expressed that. And the Spurs yeah. game, it happens, man. They love Obi. They let you hear it at the Garden. They let you hear it in Boston. They let you hear it in Philadelphia, New York, Chicago. It happens. It happens. And, like, he seemed frustrated post-game. He was like, I already assessed this, bro. Like, I'm not talking about this. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Like, because whatever you say at that point, it's just going to be used against you. And he I sound like I sound like I'm in court. <laughs> it's yeah, just because he got booed too. Like it doesn't mean they don't love him. Yeah. It's just like, come on, man, you got two points. Like they got, yeah. they still won the game. That's all that matters. And RJ did his thing as he's been red hot. Yeah, and also, like the point I'm gonna make with Randall is, should have he done the thumbs down? Probably not. Is it the end of the world? No. Like, yep. RJ, like you said, RJ hits a big buzzer beater, come back for 25, and a thumbs down is what we're talking about? Yeah. Like, are we like, – I'm going to read you a stat. We talked about this on the spaces. Last year, he averaged 24, 10, and 6. That's unreal numbers. And we've talked this about year, him on primetime, too, but go on. Yeah. This year, he's averaging 19, 10, and 5 in two less minutes per game, which – take that as you want – but wasn't the point of bringing in Fournier to take the load off of um, Randall? Yep. And like, the, like, the point was to, to take less off him. And his assists aren't as high. But, like, that doesn't always mean that he's not passing the ball. Like, what people, like, they were booing Randall against the Spurs. People don't, don't realize he stopped shooting because he was facilitating. And... You know what? I'd rather him do that than just keep chucking up shots and be one for seventeen. When a guy like Barrett, who played well against the Spurs, is red hot. Like yeah. in 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 that game against the Spurs, he had two points, three fouls, three assists, twelve rebounds. Like it wasn't a good game. He's always he's his rebounding is fine. Like he's always yeah. been a very good rebounder. Yeah. But last game he had seventeen points, twelve rebounds, eight assists. If he gives you that. Every night, and then there's the like the games will have 25 points and four assists, or 20 points and 15 rebounds, and like maybe the, the occasional like 15 and 11. Like, if he gives you that, and RJ keeps playing well, Fournier keeps shooting well, all of a sudden Cam Reddish comes in and plays well, you don't need him to be averaging 30 a game. You don't need that. We, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting him to be the playmaker he was. Is he playing as well as I thought he would be? No, but. 19, 10, and 5 is nothing to sniff at. Absolutely, Rich. Spot on. And especially when you're trying to win games. And it's like, I said that to you and Andrew. It's about winning. It's yeah. about winning. It's not I, about, um, what do you call it? Individual stats. Yeah, and I said that to you and Andrew uh, in the spaces the other night. I was like, listen, 
I mean, you brought in this backcourt for help. You've got a sporadic Kemba Walker. you got Evan Fournier to score. I mean, Derek Rose is there to help. Alec Burks is there to help. And I was also going to say before, I did hear that they were going to maybe, you know, shop him if they're looking to improve for a pick or for another player, whatever Ooh. that Burks. I mean, oh, not definitely, um, but they could look to do it. The reddish move might do that. Yeah, but... I was going to say that. He's only making 10 a year as well. And, like, that's a movable deal. Yeah, and my thing is, like, with Burks, like, I don't want to say what's the point of trading him, but, like, what are you truly gaining out of trading Alec Burks that you just keep up for Cam Reddish? Unless you think Reddish is a better Burks. In that case, it kind of makes sense. But I do. I, in my opinion, I do, especially yeah, well, Bur- ceiling-wise. Yeah, he's actually he is. Having, he's, having, he's struggling a little bit. I don't think people realize that. He's struggling with his shot. But, you know, he's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not a problem with Alec Burks. He's a very good player. Like, not very good, but he's a solid player, decent player. So I was talking to my friend Jake Shindell, and I hope he's listening to this. He goes, we should trade Randall. I'm like, for who? He goes, do Miles Turner and a player. I'm like, absolutely not. I mean, Randall's a better player than Miles Turner. Yes, he is. Oh, but, you know, like, he's running his court. Like, no, like, we're gonna, this guy has one bad game, and we're going to give up. He played well against the Celtics when he, did, when he got booed. He had 22 points and eight rebounds. Yep, primetime jewels. Like, we're going to give up on this. Like, this guy plays one bad game, and now we want to trade him. And like yeah. you sent me that tweet, and I said this on the Twitter spaces the other day. Like that's that's clickbait, and I got so mad when I saw that because that just shows how much we overreact as Knicks fans. If he was averaging six points, like like twelve points a game, and like four rebounds, and like playing terrible, then yeah, I'd, I'd be like, all right, I'd be a little worried. But he's not playing like like I've seen a lot worse, like especially from like a guy that you guys all claim to be a number two player. Yeah. And, you know, I've told you a bunch. I love Turner in New York. I've said that to Andrew as well. We were talking about that earlier. And he said, yeah, if it meant giving up Mitch, I would do it. And, yeah, I'm sure you would too. But it's like you don't give up a big piece for him, but he would be a nice big to pair with Jules, even though he does play, like, you know, a point forward, which makes him great. But regardless – He'd be a great center for the Knicks. And, yeah, exactly. It's like you don't just – people can't forget who Randall is. You don't have a career, as you guys said the other night in the spaces. And, yeah, he's not an all-star this year, but, like, it's growing pains. Like I said with the Jays, Randall is prime, but, like, they're trying to build a foundation in New York and get – a Zion Williamson to get a Damian Willard to get, I don't know, Bradley Beal, another big superstar. I don't think Beal is a superstar, but you know what I mean? It's just another guard to pair that I did see De'Aaron Fox's rumor as well. That'd be nice, but it's just like another star to pair with them would just be awesome. I, I mean, we talked about Collins before, but I was going to, say some breaking news. I don't know if you saw it on Bleacher Report 10 minutes ago. The Mavs are trying to get in the trade mix for bigs and centers, and they're looking at Miles Turner, and they're looking at John Collins. That's a, that's a good move for them. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly need a second guy. I don't know if they're the can answer. Can John Collins play the three? 
Oh, um, no, you no, you, you I would just put Porzingis at the five at that point. Yeah, uh, he's not getting moved with his contract, but yeah, it's and just Porzing- and the Mavs are playing well. Like they're 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 twenty two and nineteen. They're in f- they're in fifth place in the West, and they um Knicks ended their win streak. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and Porzingis Porzingis has COVID, so like that's that's not his fault as much as like his uh, injuries aren't his fault. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like you can't control that much, like getting COVID. So I think Dallas is fine. I mean, adding Collins would help a lot. Defensively as well, and you said Miles Turner as well. Yeah, they need He's a center, like, but yeah, but Porzingis would probably slide to the four. Mm-hmm. You'd be going big there. Wow, you have a tall team. Uh, I don't even know what you'd have to give up to be honest. Probably just a lot of picks for Miles Turner. Yeah, and like, especially I guess even more, you know, vocal and more known on the market is like turn. We talked about this, how Turner expressed how he wants more opportunity. That's a perfect fit for him. And, you know, we talked about Collins a little before and how he wants, it's the team basketball thing. And that's the sad thing about Atlanta is just how they haven't lived up to near expectations when Trey Young has been running his mouth basically at least the whole beginning of the season. He's not happy now, but the whole beginning of the season that they deserve more respect. So was John Collins. Why should we give you respect if you're 17 and 23? Terrible, yeah. And they just haven't come near anywhere near expectations. At least the Knicks are 500. Same with my team. And it's just... he. People might have thought... With Collins, people thought they could have overpaid him in the first place, but they see the potential in him and they wanted to lock him up. They see him being a good piece next to Trey Young, but I'm sure now with their struggles, they could clean house a little bit starting with how cam just went down and i mean like i just said it's i forget how much per year it is i think it's 20 something but i know collins makes a lot and it'll be interesting to he see if he big, does he got a big contract but he didn't get they got like a, they gave him like a movable deal like it was kind of like a little like not insulting it, never, i'm never gonna say it's insulting to give someone like a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. but um it was kind of like, hey, we're going to give you this deal just to shut you up for now. Five years, $125 I agree. Million. Yeah. Five man. years, $125 million. To put that into context, Julius Randle's deal, I think we spoke about it either on the Spaces or last week. Five years, what was it? No, this is his Four for 117, you said. So, Julius Randle, who has achieved a ton more than John Collins, like, individually – Yes. Is making a little bit more. So uh, that kind of makes me John Collins. Like, what, what are you? Uh, I mean, he might not be, he's not complaining about his money because he was very like adamant. Like, he didn't know if he wanted to sign with Atlanta. So I, that's why I keep saying, I think this has been like a chronic issue now for like a year and a half to two years, maybe longer. Yeah. Maybe he's just not happy. But I, I like to fit in Dallas if they can make it work, or I'm sure yeah. they're going to. Work the phones with him a lot. Definitely. I don't know who they'd give up though. I mean, It'd have to be it, draft compensation, like you said. But yeah, yeah, no one it wouldn't is, be Porzingis. Yeah, no one's. I can't think of anyone else on a big salary on Dallas besides him and Luca. Yeah, and Dallas is kind of like hitting that like mark where, 
like they're the five seed now, like I just said, but they can easily be like a top four seed, top three seed. Like, eh, maybe not. They're they're unless, like they're the clear five. Like they're five and a half behind the Jazz. Yeah, unless you want to pair Trey with like Jalen Brunson, and that Jalen Brunson's actually having a really nice year. You could say he's close to John Collins, but that's not a bad idea. But like, really, I don't know if the I don't know if the Mavs would do that. Yeah, realistically, would they? And it's just, would Atlanta do that? I mean, if they really want to move him that bad, they'd give him to the Hawks for, you know, yeah. something low or even lower than Brunson, like whatever it is. But regardless, uh, yeah, Collins does seem to have a big mouth here and there. And it's just, I expect. But it, it looks like it's with reason, though. It's I not agree. Like the, it's not like Atlanta's winning. I agree, and they they thought they ha- found a gem in Nate McMillan. They really did, and it I, yeah, seemed like it last was, year. He was a good coach from before he got to Atlanta, in Indiana. Yeah, like he, I, I didn't understand when they fired him there. Boston actually looked at him before they brought him back on the extension this year, and before we signed Emay. Yeah, and I mean, NBA coaches like get none of the credit, all the blame. It's not fair, but. Um, moving on, I before we start like a little spitball, a little bit of baseball talk. Um, you wanted to talk a little bit about Charlotte's backcourt. That's right. Um, yeah, you can take the floor. <laughs> well, I just want to say, you know, talked about my team before. You know, I talked about vets, Kyrie, Kemba, Isaiah, someone who I miss the most. Maybe two guys, but definitely, obviously, Kyrie would be the missing piece to this team right now. But it's like. Terry Rozier, man. He's just been – and I say it every offseason. All he does is improve. Charlotte, Jordan, also another excellent move by him to give him the bag. And he's performed perfect at the two with their backcourt. And we've seen LaMelo. I said, I guess, spoiler, he's in my all-star reserves for the East. And 19 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 42 from the field, 36 from three. Terry, 18 a night, three assists, almost four boards. That's ever since he's been a kid in Boston. I just noticed his way to rebound. He just skies up there. He's just like Brown, freakishly athletic. It's just they sky. And Terry, for, you know, a 6'2", 6'3", guard, plays the two, 38 and a half from three, 44 from the field. Last 10, Rich, 22 and a half points, five boards, almost four assists and a half from the field, 46 from three. And, of course, who else do I miss that also didn't work out even more than Kyrie Irving? Gordon Hayward. People thought, you know, overpaid him, Jordan. But at the end of the day, they weren't a free agent market. They were trying to build something. Why not? I mean, he's not an all-star. Definitely performs like one, though. And pretty sure last year he got votes. There's definitely... It's not impossible for him to make it back there one day, but yeah, I mean, as a reserve. But like, if he, yeah, if he, like, I think the Celtics would have the Celtics tenure would have went a lot different if he didn't break his leg. Exactly, man. Exactly. I still, I still can't watch that. I, I can't. I just breaks my heart. It makes me, it makes me want to crawl up in a ball and just lay in my bed all day and just never leave the house. Like, like, I'm, like, terrified to, like, move. Like, oh, my God. Like, my leg going to break. Like, <laughs> and 
it makes you terrified to do anything. Yeah, and it's like, it's just the fact that that team was built so well by Danny Ainge to add, like I said, a, a Hannon prodigy and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. That starting lineup with Kai and with Gordon. And just five minutes in, how great that team would have been playing with his best friend and father figure, or under his best friend and father figure, Brad Stevens. This year, you know, even his free agent season in Boston in the bubble, he did have some injury stints, kind of costed us against the Heat when he came back and we were all out of whack. But 17 a game this year, he's always, you know, 18 about, you know, six, yeah, something solid, like that. Solid offensive player. Yeah, he's a point forward, super efficient. He doesn't miss much. He was four for four from three. I want to say he was like 13 of 16 the other night when they ended the Sixers winning streak. He put on a hell of a show. Yeah. Uh, 17 points, almost four assists, almost five boards. True shooting percentage is 58 and a half. He's shooting 47 from three. I'm sorry, 47 from the field, 39 from three. His last five, almost 20 a game. Five boards, four assists, shooting 54 from the field, 40 from the outside. They are the seventh seed, but they're fun to watch. Second in points scored. And where do they go wrong, Richard? 29th in defense. Why is yeah, that? A big, yeah. part of, a big part of it, at least, is because you have Mason Plumley at center and you have an undersized one in P.J. Washington that plays there. And he's like 6'7", something like that. He's small. And he's more of a four, but I'm sorry to cut you off. What were you gonna say? That's my rant on the Hornets. They're flop. No, I was gonna say like how like you said they're seventh seed, but the Eastern Conference is pretty competitive. Like, yeah, there's, there's like eleven or twelve teams that are like pretty solid. There's no room and, for them. Yeah. Um. So moving on from Charlotte, we're just gonna spitball a little bit before we get to our um predictions. Just uh, I know Rob wants to wants to watch the Celtics, so just um, <laughs> just gonna throw out there um. Speedy recovery to Damian Lillard, uh, abdominal surgery, that really sucks. I'm not even going to be like, oh, he's not going to get traded now. Because, like, you know what? Guy's going through a lot of pain. I can only imagine abdominal surgery, not being able to yeah. move. So, um, the speed recovery to him. They restated. What's up? I was going to say they restated the front office, how they still want to build around him, too. So, like, that's yeah, not well, even a question. But go on. Yeah. You're building a sandcastle, basically, at this point. It's going to get washed away by the ocean. But anyway. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, tip of the cap, John Lester. Uh, we said we were going to give you some baseball, so let's clap it up for John Lester. Yep. You know. My guy. Very nice career. You know, cancer survivor. All the respect and the love for the man. Uh, big game pitcher. Big game pitcher. He was always the guy, whenever he faced the Mets, I'd be like, all right, we got this. Like, he's. He's, he's not that good. He's all right. And then I just watch a pitch. I'm like, okay, that's a hittable pitch, but no one seems to hit it. He was, like, very, like, unimpressive to me, like, as a pitcher. But he got it done. And that's what made him so, like, that's what made him so efficient for so many years. Absolutely, man. Red Sox yeah. legend. Probably my favorite pitcher ever. One of the best lefties Cubs out legend there. Too. Yeah. And I was going to say this, like, when they – when Boston traded for Cespedes that year, you know, a lot of people thought Ben Sherrington at the time, who was Boston's general manager, and John Henry, like maybe they could have whispered in his – because that following winter was a rumor before he went to the Cubs, like that Red Sox were high in the mix. People thought they could have whispered in his ear, like, hey, we, we'll bring you back. Yeah. And it's just 
such a special man, human being all around, and just yeah. you think of the man before the baseball player when you think of John Lester. Yeah, and 110 and 63, 1500 innings pitched in Boston, 1400 strikeouts, multi-time All Star. He's up there. I know he's got a no hitter as well, and it's just the list goes on. Champion, two-time yeah. champion, right? More than uh, once. Yes. I think he was on that. Was he on that 2016 Cubs team? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he this year he's on Washington and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just good, great but, career for Lester. What's up? I was going to say, I thought it was a perfect fit in Chicago too when that happened. Yeah. And, he also was a big trade piece when he went to Oakland. And um, when like Oakland was finally starting to get good with like Donaldson and all them. I mean, he they, that was the year that the Royals. Like they're like little like playoff run before the championship run. And yes, sir. Yeah, so just great to hear for Lester and um staying on baseball. Just there's an update with the lockout, at least what we can give you is what we can give you is that they sent an offer in major league baseball and the players weren't like satisfied with it, which was expected, but I think it's important that there was an offer made because now it allows the players association to counter so like and i think what's important is that it went as expected meaning like it didn't get worse and that's kind of where we're at right now at baseball i have a weird feeling that it's not going to last as long as people think because i think once like something substantial happens it's gonna happen in like five days like like Mm -hmm. say like the the players association makes an offer in the next couple days and say maybe MLB counters back and then back and forth. And all of a sudden you got to compromise. And with, with this negotiation, I think both sides got to compromise a little bit. Like I understand the competitive balance and all that and arbitration, but I mean, you can't take without giving away. Like you have to, you have to meet in the middle somewhere. And I feel like both of these sides are refusing to do that. And I don't know anything numbers wise. And I could sit here and say they're all making millions, but it's not the case. Like there's majority of baseball does not make millions of dollars, but they, they still get paid well. Like um, they get paid more than the average human in the major league level, at least. Um, so when it comes to like the competitive balance, arbitration, my fix for this would be, and um, here, everyone hear me out. I saw this on Twitter. Like, extend the service time, but start arbitration earlier, meaning guys get paid quicker while they still have free agency at the same time. They get paid quicker. They're off their rookie deal quicker. So you're getting paid before you hit free agency, and you keep competitive balance because the team has still has the rights to you. Mm-hmm. And – there are also the Rays have proved, the Brewers have proved, teams have proved you can win without paying guys. And I think some of these owners are too stubborn to realize that. And they just want to throw around their money and be like, I'm better than you. Here's my power. But that's not the case in baseball. As as much as it's become more analytically driven as well, it, it's going to be so much easier to not pay guys and win. Like, look yeah. at the Braves. Like, I mean, they have stars everywhere, but they're struggling to play their best player right now. Like, are you kidding me? Literally. That's a perfect and example. They, like, Ozzy Albies is on a team-friendly deal, so that's not really fair. But, like, Austin Riley wasn't going to get paid a couple years ago. 
those four outfielders they acquired aren't like big money guys. So there's ways to do this without being the Dodgers or even now being the Mets, being the Yankees and paying all these guys and buying championships, I guess you would say, even though, you know, it's your money, you're allowed to do whatever you want with it. So I just think both sides have to compromise. And I think two, both these sides are just so stubborn and just are getting way too emotional about this stuff when it's just, it's just numbers and just like, it, it's not a concrete thing. I think both sides have to realize that. Like you have to meet, it's the mesh. You have to come to terms with the fact that both sides want their end as well. Yeah. Aaron Judge didn't get his money yet after how great he's been. He'll get paid. Yeah. He didn't yeah. yet. He's still on, you know, that small deal. This time's coming. And yeah, get- I just, it bothers me how like we're insulted by it. Like, relax, insulted by it's a, it. Yeah. It's a business. Like, counter it. Like, rather than being emo- emotionally towards it, worry about it like like take a deep breath and say how can we fix this rather than on both sides i'm not like taking the player or the owner side both sides have to like coexist with each other rather than fight against each other it's them it's instead of the players versus the owners it should be the players and the owners versus the problem yes and you do have a pool of players like yelich on twitter Saying you know, like, figure like figure it out. Figure it out. People yeah. want it. They're, they're not they're, they're they're not reps, and they're just sitting on the outside waiting. Yeah, and it's it sucks. And this is like, you know, we just got past basically their time of uh, basically chill time during the holidays, and this is the time where they start to ramp up and focus on yeah. the plan and schedule ahead. And get this about Lester, three time champ. I thought we might have been wrong. Sixteen Boston. Yes, 07 and 13 with the Cubs. Oh, NLCS for a while. Championship Series MVP with the Cubs. And yeah, the, he was clutch. No hitter, which is in 08 with Boston. And the National League wins leader in 2018 with yeah. Washington. No, I'm yeah. sorry, with Chicago. Yeah, and um, it's just, I think. There, his type of pitcher is kind of like going away, like not soft tossing, but like precision. Take like being a pitcher rather than a thrower. Yeah, and when you combine that, you have Dave Jacob Degrom, <laughs> and <laughs> we all love Jacob Degrom here in Mets land. But um, Mets will be fun. On, yeah, yeah. Moving on from baseball, though, we're gonna do our predictions to end this week's episode. Starting off, we got my Knicks against Atlanta. In the ATL, um, I'm going to go Knicks. Just I think that Atlanta's chronic issues are going to start to come back to bite them. And they're going to start becoming a dumpster fire. So I don't know if you agree with me. Or, oh, by the way, did you, did you have money on last week's game? Because you went 9-0 last week. I was I impressed with myself. Pure dominance from us lately. I'm yeah, very impressed. Dominance. Wow, we ain't stupid. We know what we're talking about. We're both thirty-two and eighteen. Like, come on. <laughs> if you if you need if you need predictions, come to us. Yeah. That's so, very um, true. Yeah, where are you gonna go with this, New York or Atlanta? We will see you in the A with the Knicks win. I agree. They're yeah, dysfunctional. Uh, like I said, it would be <laughs> awesome if Reddish was playing, but he's not. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go with the Knicks. Good. All right, uh, moving to the next game, Toronto at Milwaukee. 
Uh, I'm going to go Milwaukee here. I'm a big Toronto guy, but, damn, Milwaukee really blew the doors off the Warriors a couple of days ago. Um, so I'm going to go Milwaukee here. I think they're starting to get their groove if they haven't already and trying to trying to repeat, you know, it's tough. But if there's a team that can do it, I trust Giannis. That's right. Um, I like this matchup a lot. You know, I'm high on the Raptors. It really just depends if I'd say if Gary Trent is back or if our guy Scott Barnes is back. But I'll take the Bucks for now. They're okay. red hot, like you said. Bob Portis to help. Um, who's the other guy? Grayson Allen's back. Middleton, who hasn't been hasn't really stood out this year. They're still missing Holiday, but you know Giannis is top two, top MVP right now. So I will take Milwaukee as well. Yep. All right. Moving to the next game, we are in the nation's capital in Washington D.C. Wizards take on the Blazers. The Lillardless Blazers and their starting lineup looks weird without it, without mm-hmm. him. So I'm going to take Washington here. I just don't think Portland's going to win that many games this year. Right now they're in the 10th spot. They're probably going to fall out, even though there's 16 wins in the 10th spot in the um, Western Conference, which is sad. And I think a team like Oklahoma City, or like New Orleans or San Antonio can catch them, Sacramento even. So, back to my point, I think Washington wins this game. Kyle Kuzma's been balling. I expect him to keep balling. And, yeah, they'll get a win here. Yep, easy pick. Kuzma has been balling with or without Beal. Uh, Dinwiddie seems to be getting his groove back. Portland is depleted besides Anthony Simons, who's shown plenty of really, I don't want to say star potential, but he really has. And, he, he's shown his ability. He's like Cameron. Yeah. Got an opportunity. And um, over a good stretch of games, too. Uh, McCollum's out. They say he might return Monday. We know the story about Dame. Norman Powell is still in protocol. Just like the Hornets, they're another team that struggled with the big spot. Former Hornet, they have Cody Zeller. Nurkic is defenseless, even though he gets his sometimes. I'll take the Wiz. Okay. Yeah, Wiz kids. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, um, New Orleans at Brooklyn, which means no Kyrie for now. We were going to mm-hmm. talk about Kyrie, but we figured let, let's uh, give you guys a little bit of a break from him. You're probably sick of hearing about him. We'll talk about um, him in the future, too. Yeah, he's sick of – I'm not going to say that on the podcast, actually. I'll say that to you afterwards. Um, <laughs> I'm picking Brooklyn anyway. Kevin Durant's going to be rested. Hard has been playing well, and New Orleans is a joke. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. Yeah, actually, I don't care. I'm being rude. We're, we're here for entertainment. I'm going to entertain you. New Orleans, you're a joke franchise. You're going to draft a generational talent. You're going to get fat on you and leave. So you know what? You're going to lose this game too. That's yes, they are. Well. Yep. Besides, <laughs> That's <all> good. <laughs> just really Brandon Ingram is all they have going. Devontae Graham like, and Valanchunas is solid. Yeah, and Devontae um, can be inconsistent at times. and Yeah. Easy net win on a Saturday night. KD rested, like you said, James Harden. And we talked about it in the spaces real quick. Like, I mean, that was what propelled them against the Bulls. It's just the role guys, the second half, the Griffin diving on the floor, DeAndre Bembry diving on the floor, James Harden looking flashy, looking like his old self. And they look great as a team, and they set the tone defensively. Yeah. 
You think uh, this podcast would be better if I was a little more mean? Start roasting every team. No. Um, next game, speaking of hot, the Phoenix – no, the Sixers play Miami. Why are we Phoenix here? Sixers play Miami, the Heat. Um, ooh. I don't know. Philly's playing well. Joel Embiid's a great game. Yeah, great Miami's game. Miami's home. When I hear Miami-Philly, it makes me just think of Eastern Conference. So when I think Eastern Conference, I think Miami versus Philly or, like, Boston versus Philly. Like, I – I think those three teams. I don't think of the Nets or the Bulls for some reason, but um, hmm. you pick this one first. I don't know who I'm going with. Um, definitely a thriller. Come down to the wire. I think Butler is questionable for tonight. I don't know if he got ruled out yet or not. Um, uh, maybe he comes back against his former team. <sighs> I feel like it depends how the Sixers do against the Celtics, but. I guess I'll go with the Heat at home. I saw Philly hasn't been terrific, but they also – I forget what was it was. Other home and away record. I'm about to look at it, actually. Jimmy Butler's playing um, Friday. Oh, uh, so that's what it was. They're good. Yeah, Bam is back, back on Monday. Well, all right, yeah, I'll pick the Heat if Butler's back. But Philly is very good on the road. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Fifteen and eight, eight and nine at home, which this is a surprise because in the past they've been really dominant at home. But we'll take the Heat in a thriller. All right, I'm picking Philly. I think Embiid will be too much for the Heat without Bam. I agree. So yeah, so I'm gonna pick Philly. I um close game. I like both. I like the Heat a lot. I think they have one of the better cultures in the NBA. And but I'm still going Sixers here. Sixers are quietly sitting in the five spot at 23 and 17. Um, they're they're fine. I feel like they kind of put that Ben Simmons drama to rest for now. And even with the Harris rumors, I don't think he's getting treated. Yeah, seven so, game win streak uh, yeah. before the loss to Charlotte with Hayward yeah, and pick, Rozier's game. I don't pick Philly here. Um. Next up, we got Cleveland, the fun Cavs versus the Thunder. Um, Cavs are better. I picked OKC last week, and it cost me a 9-0 record. We're not making that mistake again. I'm picking Cleveland. Easy pick, Cleveland. Yeah. Rondo's trying to, you know, starting to get into form. Um, yeah. The two bigs, Mobley continues to impress. Easy pick. Yeah. Here we Chicago go. Chicago at Boston. Here we go. Ooh. Uh, Chicago's probably the better team. Yes, they're the better team. By far. But <laughs> I think they're both – are they both coming on back-to-backs? Yeah, Golden State plays Chicago tonight. That's a really Yeah, good ESPN. Game. It was supposed um, to be Philly-Boston, but they switched it to the Bulls and Warriors on ESPN. I'm going to oh, go okay. with the Bulls. I won't pick us this time. I'll go with the Bulls, even in TD. Actually, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll pick us just because we blew a bad one to them last time at the Garden I'm against pick, them. So I'll uh, take yeah, them. I'm picking the Bulls here. I think they're they're um, just more talented than Boston. And, you know, they're both coming up back-to-back, so that's kind of a, kind of a wash. 
Marcus Smart uh, is yeah. in health and safety. I'll, I'll give I'll give it to the Jays. I'll just take a bold prediction. You know, it did me good last week. Very tough. I it kind of, you know, people are going to hear this and be like, "Come on!" But the hey, you know, when you don't pick them, they win though. So I... <laughs> I'll listen to my heart. Yeah, I'll I'll go with the Celts at yeah. TD. And and uh, once again, the the Celtics do not play a bad team on prediction day. Literally. Don't get it, but um, now probably the irrelevant game of the day: Clippers Spurs. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Spurs here. I just think the Clippers are depleted. Spurs, well, I don't think they're a good team. I don't know. I'm just picking them because they gotta win some games, right? And the Clippers don't have their two best players. I um, this yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Spurs as well, just because they're home and. Clippers have impressed with some of their guys, you know, Reggie Jackson and guys like Coffee, and people we wouldn't – they, you know, they put up great fights with a lot of teams, but it's like they kind of played over their head at times. But in San Antonio, I'll pick Pop and the Spurs and Jonathan Murray, who was in my top 10 point guard list. Okay. And um, Lakers at Denver, I am going to go with – the Lakers, I think LeBron overpowers Denver, and they just got to win. I mean, it's going to be a close game. I would not be surprised if Denver won this game, but I'm going to stick with the Lakers for this one, even though I've been very critical of them. Let's go, let's go, Lakers. Yeah, they got the well rest they needed. They played Tuesday, I believe, in Sacramento. I believe they lost, right? Yeah. Their last game was Wednesday at Sacramento, so they'll have oh, two Wednesday. days off. While Denver, That'll last be... game it was was uh, last night they crushed Portland. Yeah, this this will be a thriller though. But I'll take LA in a fourth quarter nail biter. LeBron yeah. against Jokic should be a th- game. Should be a thriller. I mean, I know we got football on though, but good game. And uh, Luca and the boys host Orlando. Uh, you want to say it together? Easy win. Dallas Three, Mavericks. Two, one, Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, those are our picks for the week. I will dethrone Rob this week. We have the same record. We're trying to um, – one of us is trying to get cushion from each other. We just can't seem to get it. It's a nail-biter. So, yeah. It's, you know the term. It's a great, good race. great minds think alike. You know the term. Yes, sir. That's what we do. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, got any plugs for this week, Rob? I know you want to watch the Celtics much man enjoy uh i'm sorry the Browns won't be playing tomorrow but enjoy yeah. the state football hopefully the celtics have a nice back-to-back yeah I got everyone i got cam reddish yeah i mean hope <laughs> hopefully you know baseball continues to progress yeah like i, I said, really hope, hope so hopefully my celtics don't you know really just like I said, I don't have much expectations for them, and they still continue yeah. to break my heart. But hopefully, it's a good back to back. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess we could plug in my Josh Richardson story. It's my pinned yep. tweet right now, and um, I'll uh, I'll link it to the descriptions. Yeah, I got a good Jalen Brown one going right now too, so that'll be out yeah. very soon. Before I uh, plug my stuff, I just want to mention that next week we will be bringing video to you guys. We'll catch us on YouTube at Sports Bible. I'm very excited to be doing that. We're going to be doing an all-star reserves. 
And I'm very excited to finally show our faces, even though, damn, you might think we're ugly. I don't care. As long as you listen to us and enjoy us, I don't care what you think we look like. We're just here um, to have a voice. I thank God I got a haircut, you know? Me too. I'm, Rob, you gotta, not, you, gotta, you gotta rock the bald. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, get, even, you gotta get a chop. I was just gonna say, it doesn't even matter for me. But <laughs> if, if I was you, I would cut my hair off and I'd rock a mean beard. But yeah, you know, I gotta I'm thankful I still have my hair. I'm yeah. I'm only 21. I mean, you're you're 24, right? Will be I next month. Your age every week. Yeah, I, I will be next month. <laughs> I'm an old man apparently, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Came soon. Yeah. But <laughs> on a serious note, um, also check out my YouTube page. Um, just my name, Richie Dordis. Um, I have one video up with my first video. I'm very excited to be starting to do that and getting more involved in the content creation world. And also follow us like always at the Sports Bible One on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. That's my TikTok. That'll be at Richie Dordis. We're gonna be coming out more content every week, every day. And um, that's all I got. So see you guys next week. See you later, Rob. Yep. See you guys. Great episode, Rich. Yep. See you later. Later, pal.